Hey there. Welcome to Theology on the Road. I am your host and chauffeur, Steve Schramm. have another question from my buddy Aaron today. Let's go ahead and play that, and then we will dive into answering his question. Hey, Steve. Aaron Simpkins here again. Just have another thought and question that's been on my mind uh, recently. So I'd like to hear what you have to say about dreams. Dreams, um, yeah, we'll stick with that. Dreams that you have that are very vivid and very clear and seem to have a a message behind them. Uh, Maybe it even seems like it could be the Lord that's speaking a dream to you. If that's even a thing that God does in our current age. Um, so yeah, I was wondering what, what you thought, uh, what, what, what biblical uh, knowledge you could bring to the table, because I know that, um, you, you would probably have a lot more of that than I would. So, uh, yeah, dreams. Aaron, let me first of all say that I appreciate you submitting this question. This is a really, really good, uh, question. And there's a lot going on here um, that people need to consider, I, I think, when talking with a question, when talking about a question like this, because there is so much subjectivity involved um, that people tend to project their subjectivity into objective truths about about Christianity, uh, and sometimes that can be kind of dangerous. So let me let me try to think about this in a, a few different categories. One would be personal anecdotes. Uh, another would be anecdotes of others, and then another would be maybe the uh, theological aspect of it. Um, and what does the New Testament say, etc. So, first of all, personal anecdotes, this is really easy. Uh, it's hard for me to speak to this from this perspective because I have never experienced this. Um, I have never experienced some sort of dream where I thought, even for a moment, that was uh, some sort of vivid uh, revelation or communication from God. My experience with God has been always very much characterized through this lens of prayer being my communication to God and the Spirit speaking through the words of Scripture as God speaking to me. Um, I've never had some sort of uh, I know we're talking about dreams, but I've never had any sort of personal revelation where, where God told me to do something. Uh, I've, never, I've never had that. God never told me to do anything. Um, and uh, similarly, God has never come to me in a dream and said, do this or do that. Now, it gets a little more interesting when you start considering the anecdotes of others Especially when you consider the anecdotes of, of people who you have no reason to think would be embellishing or making anything 
up and are also very intelligent people. And, um, you know, one study I'm thinking of is uh, there are books that have been written on the idea of miracles. Lee Strobel just put a, a popular one out. Uh, I believe it's just called uh, The Case for Miracles. It's a great book. I'm actually thinking about listening to it, listening to it again pretty soon. Um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful book. And you have got anecdote after anecdote in there of this sort of thing. Of people saying that their dreams led them to God. Um, one uh, that I can think of off the top of my head that's been pretty popular uh, is this idea of the fact that a lot of uh, Muslims are converting to Christianity for um, no uh, apparent reason um, other than the reason that they give, which is that somebody, some figure, came to them in a dream um, saying to trust Jesus. And I don't have all the details surrounding that. But a lot of uh, Muslims are claiming that, I mean, you got to think, uh, uh, Muslims are very opposed. They don't even believe that Jesus Christ rose uh, or, or was crucified. They are actually historically skeptic. Um, uh, they're more skeptical of the crucifixion of Jesus than, than even non-Christian ancient historians are. Um, it's virtually a certain fact that a man named Jesus of Nazareth was crucified on a Roman cross a couple thousand years ago. And uh, Muslims deny this. And there is no room for the, uh, for the divine, for the deity of this man named Jesus in uh, a Muslim theology. And yet, and yet, um, there are numerous examples. Um, one of the most famous being Nabil Qureshi, uh, who died just a couple of years ago. He became a very, very well-known um, uh, apologist working for Ravi Zacharias and for others, who was a convert from Islam to Christianity. And his conversion, uh, there were multiple elements to it, but one thing is for certain, um, he did claim, I, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I know he claims uh, to have experiences where he has spoke to other, other Muslims, and they have mentioned this kind of thing happening, but I believe that he said this kind of thing himself one time about having a, a dream that he believed uh, God revealed himself in the person of Jesus Christ to him personally in, in this dream. And, uh, you know, when I think about that, and again, this is a person who's very intelligent, very highly respected. I have no reason to think he's embellishing or lying or making something up or, or whatever. There's no, uh, I have no reason to think that there's false uh, motive there. And a lot of these stories, especially with respect to the example of the, of, the, of the Muslims I'm talking about, you have to understand that to leave Islam is no small thing. 
Uh, when you leave Islam, it is a very painful thing. It's a very tragic thing. It's a very dangerous thing. Uh, this is not something that you do after having a weird dream caused by eating you know, bad cheese the night before or, as Dave Ramsey says, last night's pizza. You know, I mean, this, uh, this is a kind of thing that you only embark on if you have virtual certainty that what you saw was, was the real deal. And my personal experience, I mean, I was raised in church, never really doubted the things of Christianity except for one very, very brief period a few years ago, which led me into a study of apologetics that uh, has solidified my strength to the strongest it's ever been today. And my experience is so far from the experience of, of, of that, that of a Muslim who would grow up learning things about Jesus that, yes, they believe he existed, but they don't believe that he was even crucified. And there just is uh, no room in that theology for a, a for there to be a deity of Christ. And in fact, it would be very, uh, very insulting based on what Muslims actually believe about, uh, about Allah. It would be very, very insulting to them to even consider the fact that Jesus could be divine. And so this is not a belief that one just stumbles upon, especially where there is a lack of teaching toward this end in their culture and society. Um, I'm just, I'm so far removed in my personal experience from that, that it's really hard for me to deal with, if I'm just being honest with you. Um, because of this, uh, it, it, it's, it's almost a little troubling to me because, you know, why is my experience of, of, of Christ, of God, so much different? Not necessarily in a bad way, just in a different way. Now, of course, I'm not saying that Muslims are being communicated to through, you know, by, by God in dreams every night. That's not what I mean at all. They might claim to have one dream that they're virtually certain, certain enough to not even have to do any more study, but to give their life to Christ first, completely reject the tenets of what they've been raised in, the religion of Islam, and then, um, you know, resume uh, or pick up right there as a Christian and doing the things that one does to learn more about Yahweh, to learn more about Jesus, and to, uh, to be a Christian, right? To, to speak to God through prayer, to hear from Him, um, by way of the Holy Spirit's communication to him through Scripture, through the revealed words of the Bible, okay? So it would be a pretty normal Christian experience, I would think, from that point on. But there's, I mean, uh, there's no doubt that there's something going on in these situations that I don't necessarily know the calculus of. I don't really know how to parse this out and, and where it fits and makes, makes sense, now, as I read the Bible and I look at the theological aspects of this, um, we see this kind of dream communication thing happening quite a bit in the Old Testament. And uh, not really at all in the New Testament. 
you certainly have some things like uh, the appearances of the angels to uh, Mary and Joseph, respectively, to uh, announce the, the birth of Jesus. But uh, even that would not be considered a, a terim, as far as I'm aware. These are uh, considered to be things that actually just took place in the scope of uh, the real world, where anybody could see it happening. And these were not private communications in that sense, I don't believe. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to think of an example off the top of my head where there was something, uh, some kind of private revelation uh, communicated through a dream in the New Testament, and um, I don't see it. I don't see it there. And so I have to wonder, in the church age, kind of... um, you know, apropos to the, the question as you posed it, you know, are we in an age where God speaks to people or, or communicates uh, to people in that way? And as I look at what would be the general case for a New Testament believer in God's church, I, I, don't, I don't really see it. I just don't see that as being a way that that God uh, communicates, and certainly it, it it wouldn't be showing up a, a a showing of of God's communicating things as sometimes is often uh, uh, put out there that would actually communicate with His Word, uh, or excuse me, that would actually uh, disagree with His Word. So, for example, if somebody says God came to me in a dream and told me that it was okay to uh, go out and slay my firstborn son, I would, I would do it, um, then this seems insane. Th- this does not at all seem consistent with, with the way that God communicates to people in the church age. It, it disagrees because we're not supposed to murder. There's no reason for us to go out and murder um, our firstborn son. That would be absolutely ridiculous. It's a it's a utter um, atrocity to think that in terms of the um, the way that God communicates to people and what uh, what Scripture says about the nature of of humanity and uh, things around the fulfillment of the law and not being murderers and um, slaying someone who is made in the image of God. So, like, why why would you know why would a dream contradict the word of God. Well, it wouldn't. So, I mean, if, in terms of a guideline, I would say that if you think you've had some kind of revelation or dream, uh, I would be, I would approach it with skepticism uh, for certain. And I would say, well, what was the truth that was communicated to me through this dream? And then I would look at scripture and say, is this consistent with scripture or, or, or taught um, in scripture? And maybe it's something that you've been meditating on recently in your mind, thinking about a lot, and it's a truth that came up in Scripture. Um, I have a hard time believing that God is going to communicate any any kind of special thing like this um, that is not consistent with... Well, I know that He's not going to do it in a way that is not consistent with Scripture, but I have a hard time thinking that God is going to communicate this... Uh, kind of private revelation to people that would reveal something new, new information that is not already revealed in the completed Word of God. And in that case, why would God need to use the dream? Why not just use uh, the Word 
of, of God. And so in my mind, my thinking on that is, well, um, maybe there's some plausibility to God using this sort of revelation, um, only using things that are consistent with the scripture to people who do not have access to scripture like perhaps those raised in that Muslim context. And then that gets into questions of, well, why that person, why that, why that Muslim, but not this other Muslim? Or why not this, you know, tribe in the jungles of Cambodia or something? And that's a different question. I don't want to get bogged down with that. But um, with all that said, let me kind of give you then the way that I approach these things, okay? When I'm, when I'm looking at some sort of claim to uh, special revelation of some sort, um, that, uh, you know, there are things, there are some things that people say that are obvious, right? Oh, God told me in a dream last night that you were supposed to give me a thousand dollars. Okay. Well, he didn't tell me in a dream last night that I was supposed to give it to you. So you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there, I'm not talking about things like that. I'm talking about in situations where you have reasons to consider that these, uh, that this experience was, uh, actually has some legitimate truth to it. Like in the case of somebody who is an otherwise very trustworthy source of information, like Nabil Qureshi and uh, some of the people that he has spoken with who were raised in this deep Muslim context and all of a sudden are converts to Jesus despite all uh, and Christianity, despite all of the opposition that is entailed by that. I think when we have situations like that, um, we look at it a little closer and... I think about these things in this way. God can do what he wants. But I don't see anywhere taught in the New Testament that God communicates with any sort of regularity, if at all, through dreams to New Testament believers who are, are, are Christians under the New Testament idea in the church age, okay, if we want to talk about it in those terms. Um, it, it, it certainly doesn't look like it would be the norm, and I'm skeptical that it happens at all, but I have reason to think that there's something to it in certain circumstances. And again, I'm more inclined to think that those circumstances would be those where there is no access to the scriptures and the individual was raised in a context where the only way that they would hear about the gospel is in fact from a direct revelation of God himself. So that's where I'm at with that, Aaron. I'm sorry if that's not really uh, very, very satisfying. I would love if you or if somebody else would, would care to comment in here and leave a voice message. Just go to stevestram.com slash ask and you can leave a voice message of your own in response to this or ask another question about it. Uh, but I'd love to hear if you have some uh, verses from the, from the New Testament that speak to this or maybe um, if one of the accounts in the New Testament would seem to contradict what I'm saying that you can think of. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, where God communicates uh, via dreams uh, in the New Testament uh, church age. But again, it's without contest that God communicated through dreams, especially during the Old Testament. So God can do it. God can do what he wants. And 
again, personal anecdotes, I don't have any, but I have seen anecdotes from others, trustworthy sources, who I have reason to stop and consider what is going on. So that's my thoughts on that. Again, I would love your your thoughts on it, steveshram.com slash ask. And um, I hope, Aaron, that this has been at least a little bit helpful for you. Let me just repeat one final time uh, in a hopefully succinct way, the way that I think about things like this. Anytime you're dealing with some sort of private revelation that somebody uh, says is, is going on, um, God can do as he pleases But I have no reason to think from the New Testament that this is how God communicates to his church. Okay, I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day. And we'll see you next time here on Theology on the Road. Bye-bye.